You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. A mentor carries what some would say is the greatest responsibility one can choose to take on in life. A mentor's job is to invest in the thing that is most precious to God, people. There is no greater investment in life than the one you can make in people. So look around you. Have you ever considered yourself a mentor? Do you think you have what it takes? Well, our job on this podcast and in a book we recently released is to prove to you that you do. You can mentor. You were made for this. Check the show notes, pick up the latest book that we just released called You Can Mentor, written by Zach Garza as he shares his story of how his life was changed through mentors. Today's episode is an interview with Rob Kinney, who has blown up on YouTube with his channel called Dad, How Do I... He came out with a book this week, and I had the chance to sit down and talk with him about it and his own life experience of growing up in a hard place. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it gives you or your organization value, please let us know by rating the podcast or sharing it with a friend. You can mentor. It's Rob Kinney. It is. What's happening? It, it's the dad himself. Hey, thank you so much for making time to be on our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Glad to be here. Well, my my understanding is that you got a book. So, I do have a book coming out. Yeah, pretty so, crazy. So YouTube wasn't enough for you. You were just like, you know what? I, I need to write a book. <laughs> I might I might actually record an album too. That's that's what's next. Come so, on, man. I'm <laughs> uh, you gonna go country or is it gonna be folk or just go instrumental like i, I don't know how you sing <laughs> i can sing okay i don't know that i could produce an album but. my my boss he his background is church of christ and they don't believe in instruments and so he oh. he's just found i every so often we find him just harmonizing with the lord by himself somewhere and so just i'm all about instruments man so yeah yeah <laughs> you it can cover up a, a voice that maybe isn't so strong so yeah well hey i i'm my name's steven and i i'm excited to hear more about your book and interview you about your work i'm an aspiring youtube youtuber i have one subscriber currently so you're on your way <laughs> you get another one you'll increase by 100 you know, i actually my i i'm a videographer and so you think i'd have like a pretty good following on youtube I, I do have, I think, a thousand subscribers, but my best video that, I mean, it has like, I think, three million views, which is how many subscribers you have. Wow. My wife shot the video. It wasn't oh. me. And so, <laughs> and so she holds that over my head all the time that she's more successful than me, which she is. She makes more money than me. She makes children and I, <laughs> I don't know what I do. So, But we started this podcast to invest in mentors and mentoring leaders. We saw your work and... We're like, man, this guy, I mean, you're reaching so many kids from hard places. 
so many people that come from a negative background experience with maybe a relational deficit. And so I'd love to just ask you why you started doing what, what you're doing and what, what led you to start this YouTube channel? Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of the perfect storm as far as starting the channel. It was, you know, I I ran out of excuses. It's something my daughter and I talked about a couple of years ago. And we, you know, I came up with the name, dad, how do I? Because I pictured one of my kids in the other room saying, dad, how do I? And, you know, so that's why. Yeah. And how old, how old is she? Yeah. Yeah. So my daughter and son are both out of the house and, you know, my, you know, my wife and my big goal was to raise good adults and we've done it. And, you know, there was a little bit for both of us where we're like, okay, well now what, you know, I got some life to live left, you know, as my daughter's 28, she'll be 29 this year. And my son is 25, he'll be 26. And okay. Yeah. And we, you know, I didn't want him living in my basement. That was the, the goal, but it's also bittersweet. You know, you, you send them out. It's like, oh, but I miss you, you know? So <laughs> my daughter got married and moved to Knoxville, um, Tennessee for a time. They, they lived there for two years. She's back near us now, but it, you know, it was hard. It was hard to let her go, but it was what was best for them. So I encouraged both of them, you know, that newly, newly married, go do it, you know, create your own life together without interference from either of the in-laws, you know, then you're, you guys kind of rely on each other. And it was scary. They drove, they drove a U-Haul across the country and towing a car. And it was like this big adventure, but it's like, ah, I hope they're going to be okay. But, <laughs> but they grew up a lot, you know, doing that. And then recently, so my son, I shouldn't say recently, cause it's been almost two years now. My son, had a job offer out in Virginia. And so he's out there again, it, you know, the stuff doesn't come without tears, but it's what's best for them. Right. And so it was like, yeah, I encouraged that too. I was like, you know, Kyle, I think this will be good for you. Go ahead and go ahead and do it. Yeah. It's, it sounds like you're walking through two very challenging seasons in that moment. You're, you're trying to let go of your kids who you've invested a ton of your time, energy, heart, sweat, tears, I don't know what else you've probably invested it. And then at the same time, you're letting go of really what it feels like all these skills and gifts and things that you've developed in order to do that. (laughs) And you just have to kind of like, do I just put that in the shed? It's like a, a high school football player who's spent his whole life going after this thing, cultivating his gift, and then doesn't get a scholarship or doesn't get to play anymore. And he's like, what do I do with everything that I've learned? And I have to have to pivot and use it somewhere else. Is that fair? Those two things are kind of the tension. Well, for sure. You know, and I, so, um, a big goal for me, you know, as a young, so I came from a fractured home myself, you know, and my dad came home, you know, it was kind of building up to it. So I guess now that I look at it as an adult, I could see, you know, maybe it wasn't so unexpected, but it was unexpected for me, you know, to have him come home and say, you know, I'm done raising kids and my mom wasn't able to take care of us. So I ended up either having to go to foster home or I ended up living. The choices were <laughs> my dad was going to put us in foster home or he was going to, or the older siblings had to, had to take us in. And so I went to live with my 23 year old brother at the time and, and, he, and he was newly married. He, he got married in October and then I moved in with them in January when I was 14. And so, yeah, both of them, I, I owe a lot to him and his wife having to take on this 14 year old. And we were in a eight by 35 trailer, you know, I've always called it a mobile home, but as I look back and had to get my facts straight, as people were asking me all these questions, I was, it really wasn't a mobile home. It was a, it was a trailer and my brother built a shelf in the back of the trailer and put a bed on it. And that was my room, you know, it wasn't a room. Oh. It was, I just, but I had a place to stay and had, I had some guidance then. Cause you know, that we were kind of 
flying on her own for a little while. And my mom was, like I said, she wasn't able to take care of us. So then my dad got custody of us, but I don't think he really wanted us. So he was, he'd buy us groceries, load us up on the weekend, and then he'd be gone for a week. And so us younger siblings were just doing the best we could. You know, the, the older siblings would check on us and stuff to, but they had their own lives that they were trying to figure out, you know? So, yeah. So, and so what I, all, all that to say, <laughs> when I was young, I was like, I'll never do that. And I'm going to do the, whatever I can within my power to make sure that I'm the best dad that I can be for, for my kids. Yeah. So that's wow. all that's kind of, yeah, you know, I was 14. What, what, you know, who knows, who knew what I was promising then, but that was all to the point of, I made that as my, my goal. And then I married, married well, my wife, very similar. She's one of eight kids herself. And so we both, you know, it was important. Family was very important to us. And, but then, you know, honestly, when we got into our fifties and our kids had moved out and like, okay, now what, you know, that was my goal. My goal was yeah, this. And I reached it. <laughs> now what? Cause I'm, I'm fairly young or at least I like, I like to think I am. I'm, I'm encroaching on 60, you know, I'll be 57 in May. So yeah, I mean, I got a lot and, of life to live. And it's not like you didn't like set the goal high. I mean, you know, just breaking off generational curses, like what, whatever, like your high was your, your goal was huge. And yet yeah. once you reached it, okay, what, what is, what's next for me? How do I reinvest all the things that I've learned in others? Now you said that you had older siblings, so they were already kind of separated from the family when you guys went through all that change. And then you're, you're like the oldest sibling that that was kind of i i imagine feeling a little more responsibility having to grow up a lot quicker than you imagined I'm number seven yeah i'm number seven out of eight and so i got two brothers and then i yeah i have a younger sibling who yeah that sibling wants to kind of not be mentioned and so i have to honor her honor her wishes but anyway so i yeah so i was the second youngest and yeah I, i'm very grateful for my brother rick because he you know i i felt like i won the lotto when he when he took me in because it was like, man, I, cause we always looked up to Rick. Rick was always, you know, honorable, always tried to do the right thing, kind of look out for us. And then when I was, I found out I got to go live with them. I was like, Oh man, this is great. And so, but you know, still some tough things. I was 14 and he's my brother. And so when you're 14 going through puberty, um, thinking that, Oh man, what, you know, I'm looking, seeing girls differently. And how do I share that with my brother? You know, I, I don't know that anybody could necessarily share it with their dad too, but still it was, you know, it, it was a tough time because of, of the timing of it all, as far as where, where I was at mentally. Yeah. What, what's your take on like how he was processing that? How did he emotionally deal with taking his brother in? Did, did he kind of come into a fatherly kind of, I don't know, feel, or did he just kind of always see you as a brother as well? I, you know, Rick, I have to say, I have to give him, you know, all the credit in the world because I think he did a great job of allowing, you know, didn't try to pretend to be my dad, but also gave me some guidance. And then also as I grew up and I've tried to do the same thing with my own kids, where as they, as they mature, you start, you have to change your relationship. I can't teach my, or talk to my 28 year old daughter the same way I did when she was five, right? You ha we're friends now, you know, we're peers. I'll give you guidance if you want it, but you know, it's your life. You can go do what you want to do with it. And same with my son and my son, my, my brother did that very well. So we're best friends. I don't, you know, I don't ever feel like he's, I give him respect of course, because he's my older brother, but he never overlords it over me. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's a great guy. That's awesome. I love that. Could you, I, I don't, I don't know if, I mean, growing up in this trailer, which you specifies doesn't move. 
<laughs> not a mobile home, a trailer. I, I, everything I've seen from your YouTube channel, there, there's a lot of manly, like skills and tasks. Were you learning things like that when you were 14, 15, 16? Did, did all of this stuff come later? Yeah, a lot of it came later. My brother's very handy. So he, he's a union cabinet maker. And so he's a journeyman cabinet maker is what I should say. So he's very qualified and he helped me build. Lots what's of it? What's a journeyman cabinet? Is that like they're legendary? Yeah, yeah, well, it's like you you have to go to school and you have to get all these different things you have to pass to get to this part where, and then, you know, when you're in the union, you get paid a certain scale based on your level of understanding. So he could pretty much tackle any, he could build a kitchen, you know, he can do anything basically with wood that you would need him to do. Yeah, so I learned a lot from him. He, and then, you know, when I actually share in my book, the story of, you know, him him and I, we built a little addition onto the back of the trailer. And so you would actually, you know, again, it was a trailer. So their room wasn't much either. You, you know, you, you come in the front and there's the tiny little kitchen and then you walk down the hallway and then that's their bedroom, their bed, you know, and then you walk to the back and that's my bedroom. And then there was a door at the back and off that door, we built an addition. And so I learned some handy stuff just through that process, learned how to you know, kind of frame a small building and then how to put up sheetrock and how to run the electricity and just kind of what that looked like. But, you know, a, a lot of the stuff I learned was just being a dad. And I share that in my book too, as far as, you know, we needed to build a fence because we moved and our old house had a fence and our, we had a dog that <laughs> she loved to escape and she would mock you too. You know, I'm, I'm still vivid to this day where she'd get out and it's like, you don't want to be with us? What is the deal? And she took me like two miles away from our house. And every time I get close to her, she'd take off again. And I'm like, Oh, I'm going to just, when I get my hands on you, uh, you know, so it was pretty tough, but anyway, so then we moved our new house. I ended up building a, I had, I had to build a fence and I'd never done, never done that before. So, and, and a big thing too, you know, I always wanted to include my kids in the projects that I took on so that they would have the skills, you know, it didn't matter if my daughter or my son, cause I get people on my channel saying, well, that's a, that's a woman's job or, you know, wait, you need, you, why would you limit yourself? You know, mm. you should should try to learn how to do everything. Because what if your mom's not around or or even changing a tire? People made comments like, oh, you know, I'll just rely on uh, my husband for that or my boyfriend or whatever. What, what if your boyfriend's not around and you're stranded and you're waiting for AAA to come or whatever, or you don't, you're waiting for, you know, at least, you know, hopefully, you know, I can empower people to understand that, you, you know, you should be able to learn as much as you possibly can. Don't limit yeah. yourself. Yeah, I my mentee, he's a senior in high school, and we were looking at my truck. I I recently gave it away. It was a '97 Chevy, and the battery connections were just horrible. And yeah. we we were looking at it, and we saw all this corrosion. And I was like, I think we need to clean this. He was like, We can't do that. Like, and I was like, Yes, we can. We can clean that. And he was like, No, you got to take that somewhere. And I was like, Dude, we're not going to blow up. Like, all we got to do is just take this thing off. And we removed the the wire, and I clipped the the copper wires that were corroded. And then we finagled. We had to figure out a way to put it, the connector back on. Got it on. Turned the truck on, and his eyes just like lit up. Like he was like, "We did it. Like we didn't <laughs> we didn't need somebody else." Like, and honestly, the whole time I'd never done that before. I was just like, "Surely, surely it'll work." Like, I mean. <laughs> And so I got I got really lucky, but I think I think a lot of that is you learn as you go, and I, I love that invitation kind of what you said is like being a dad isn't just knowing everything, but it's being willing to learn everything and inviting mm -hmm. your your sons, your daughters, or your mentee in. So I love that man. Yeah, um, well, 
And part of it too is, you know, stuff takes longer. I could just do it myself, you know, but it's like, okay, you know, Kyle, I want you to screw up this board onto the, you know, we, we or, you know, and have him run. I just got pictures of him with our big drill and he's putting screws into the, you know, the planks that we're putting up for the fence. Yeah. I just think that's important to help them understand. And then it's, you know, when you're done, I share that in the book too, when you're done and it's done, it's like, that's pretty cool. We built that, you know, yeah. that's there. And my fence is still standing to this day. I still Come live, we still live in the same house. And, you know, that's 20 years ago. Man. Well, I, I imagine apprenticing under a journeyman cabinet maker extraordinaire, him watching you work with tools is probably like the most nerve wracking like, feeling. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure it's the same with anyone that's worked with me. Like I, I feel like anytime I work with wood, it's just, I think there's a reason Jesus was a carpenter because the devil is in carpentry. It's like <laughs> the biggest temptation for me to take on a project where I have to work with wood. So mm. I, don't, I don't know if there's like a bane of your existence that you, you avoid any project because you just, you just hate it. Is there something that you just hate? You know, I, I think a big part of it is having the right tools and having the right facility. You know, if you have a shop and you have a table saw and a chop saw and, you know, a radial arm saw and all the things you need in a planer to get the wood where you need, you know, that makes all the difference if you have all that. And then like doing stuff, you know, more involved stuff on a car. If you have a shop and you have a lift that lifts it up above you. So you're, you know, I, I hate working on cars as far as, cause I don't have a place for it. You know, I don't have, and I don't have the right tools necessarily. I have some tools so I can get you know, get myself by. And that's, you know, I think there's a place to have a, a mechanic, you know, there, a, you want a good mechanic, you want a good electrician, you want a good plumber. I'm not here to replace them. I've always shared that, you know, that's I don't really good. To, I don't want to make you overconfident that you can rewire your house, you know, cause I, and I have had people make that comment that dad show us how you're like, you know what? Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't do this. <laughs> you shouldn't do it. And I, and I do on my channel, I try to talk to you know, everybody like they're my own kids. And this is the advice I'd give to my own kids. And this is what I'm giving to you. So I would never recommend my kids <laughs> rewire their house or, or run the plumbing, you know, unless they're, they decided they were going to be a plumber. And that was something, you know, they went to school for. I did, you know, I, I did redid my bathroom and I didn't do the electrical or the, or the plumbing. I, you know, I, I did the tile and I did everything else, but I didn't do, you know, I don't need leaks in my walls and then that's going to come back to me later you know i'd rather pay somebody to to do it right and a mechanic is the same way you know if you get a good mechanic they on the on the harder stuff you know you can i can show you how to look under the hood and what to look for and that sort of thing to just be smart but you start getting into the more difficult things it makes sense to have a professional yeah. well and i i think even in mentor relationships which our our whole deal is equipping mentors to meet relational needs, be a connector, maybe teach things that that no one else in in their network is able to give to them. And that that's not necessarily just changing a tire or plumbing. It's like how do you manage time? How how do you should I invest in GameStop? I'm 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 joking, that's not one of them. But <laughs> but I I do think it's interesting what you're talking about is that the hope is that you would have the environment and the tools and be set up for success in doing some project. And I, I think a lot of the times we're limited in our resources, just as people trying to fix things. But then yeah. even so, when you talk about kids from hard places who maybe have economic disadvantages, environmental disadvantages, how do you, how do you address the limitations that someone's, someone's facing and answer the question, Dad, how do I, despite 
fill in the blank because I, I think that is a lot of people's situations that they feel incapacitated because of their environment, not just because of their knowledge or or, or talent to do something. Yeah, I, I would just say, yeah, if you're going to take on a bigger job, it's kind of what I was referring to. I think a lot of the smaller jobs that I do don't require a whole lot of investment in some of the basic tools. And I, I do try to talk about some of the basic tools that will, you'll be happy to have them, you know, to have them or have them around because then you can kind of fix things. And, you know, it's one thing if, you know, if you're just kind of getting started and you need to borrow, maybe you could borrow it from somebody, you know, like a drill you know, drills have come down since the cordless drills have come down in price. So you can get one usually on Black Friday for a hundred bucks. Realize a hundred bucks is a little, t- a little steep for some people. You could get by without one. I'm just saying, if you're a homeowner and you've already invested in a home, you know, you'd be surprised how many times you can use that drill. It's amazing how much time it'll save you too over time. And if, if you invest in a good one, you can get one cheaper. My experience, again, this is stuff I would relate to my own kids you kind of get what you pay for. If you get something too cheap, those batteries don't last. And I've learned the hard way, you know, I've gotten cheap drills and then the, the cost is in the battery. You go to buy a spare battery for those things. They're the same price as the drill, you know, (laughs) it's true. And if they don't last, then, you know, you're, you're replacing it every year. So you may as well just step up a little bit, stretch yourself and buy, you know, something good that'll last. That's the main one that probably costs more but like a channel locks is nice to have around you know a good tape measure you know some even a cheap tiny level is good for hanging pictures and stuff so yeah there's there's a few basics i think it would be smart to invest in yeah especially if you're home how old were your kids when you you started really pursuing yeah just teaching them these these kind of skills because i imagine i have a one-year-old at home I don't know what I'm supposed to be teaching my son. I think I'm just <laughs> supposed to be teaching him like to smile and to be happy and like calm him down, soothe him, help him with his emotions and, and just yeah. be present when, when, I don't know if, if you could share some stories from when your children were younger, because yeah, yeah, it could be beneficial. Yeah. I, you know, I enjoy my kids. I, you know, still to this day, I love, you know, we're friends and they got great senses of humor and, you know, I, I, I love having them around. And I, even from the get go, I loved having them around. And so I, you know, I got pictures of my son um, with his fake lawnmower out there next to me with my big lawnmower and he's pushing his lawnmower right alongside me. And he's probably two, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I, and I think you reap what you sow. If you help them, you know, if, if you include them and you can make my, I think my brother did a pretty good job of this when I lived with him of having simple pleasures, you know, making fun stuff out of something that doesn't cost you anything. You know, you're just, being together and kind of, you know, and I shared in my book about us watching the Muppet show, you know, and my brother kind of hyped that up so that we would, you know, on Thursday nights, we'd gather in that edition that we built and we'd all laugh at the simple humor of the Muppet, you know, and I also share, I have a video um, on making biscuits and I, that was something I made a big deal out of for my kids. Dad's making biscuits tomorrow, you know, didn't cost anything, didn't cost much, you know, but it was something that, and then I got a picture of my daughter helping me make a biscuits when she's probably three. And we're just making biscuits together and enjoying time together. And yeah, and, and I, I, that's a big thing I'd encourage people to do is try to think of simple pleasures that you can do that don't, don't cost a whole lot. And then also keep that relationship tight, you know? So when they're, when you're going through the tougher years, they remember that you were, the, you were there and you're, you know, you're a mentor, you're a, you're somebody that's kind of trying to guide them through this stuff. And then I think being real, and asking for forgiveness, I think is a big thing. You know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And so at night we would pray and I would, you know, 
pour my heart out to my heavenly father and they get to see that because I'm like, you know, I, I messed up today. You know, I didn't mm. handle that correctly. Maybe I snapped at them or I did something, you know, it's, it's, it was a pretty easy way to communicate that my heart to them and being real too. I, I mean, I, I am confessing to my father, Hey, help me here. You know, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can, but yeah, I think it's important to ask for forgiveness. And especially when you get, when they, when your kids start getting to a certain age, they, and if you've pretended you've got it all together, yeah, uh, they're going to find out, you know, and I shared that in some videos and other interviews, but it is true. You know, you're only kidding yourself. If you think that, man, I can, you know, cause you can tell your kids what to do when they're little and they obey. That's just how it is. Just, this is uh this is good, man. <laughs> they just do whatever I tell them. And uh, not, not, not my one-year-old. He, no. <laughs> he just, he won't listen to me. He sees fire. He's just running after it. He sees a plant. He starts eating rocks and gravel. And I'm like, Hey man, you're not even, you're not even listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. That, yeah. As they get a little bit older, let's say five, you know, they kind of obey and do what you what you tell them to do. And then, yeah, pretty soon they start having their own mind, which is good. You know, and I share that in my book. I think it's important to have your own. It's your life. Ultimately, it's their life. Right. You yeah. know, for a time you get to mentor them and you get to guide them and, and all that. But there comes a time where they have to live their own life. And that's what I used to say to them when they went off to college is like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be around to watch everything you do. I'm just trusting that you're going to make wise choices and you know, you're the one that has to live with the consequences. Now, you know, I can't, I'm not, I'm not responsible for, (laughs) for the choices that you make now you are, and it's your life. Something that's in the back of my head is this. So for a child moving through years of infancy, elementary, all all the way through till they're out of the house, it it probably starts with, Hey, don't do that. (laughs) And, and that's, that's not like being mean. It's just like, Hey, I don't want you to die. And then it moves to, Maybe questions of like asking them, hey, should you be doing that right now? And then them kind of acknowledging, yeah, I probably shouldn't be doing this. And then next moves to them probably asking you, hey, dad, should I do blank? Should I do this? Should I do that? And presenting options. And then your book is, dad, how do I? And, and so it's like there's a level of personal responsibility that begins to become ingrained as they develop. Would you say that, that that's probably what I should expect with Ben, my one-year-old? Yeah. No, that's interesting. Boy, you put that so uh, concise and eloquent. Nice job. Well, I am, <laughs> I am a host of a podcast. So, But yeah, thank you. You heard it here first. Rob Kenny thinks I'm smart. But I, I do think that, that that's cool that your book creates responsibility in, in saying that someone wants to learn something and they're not asking you to pick between two decisions. They're not saying, dad, how should I do this or whatever? My dad always used to tell me, figure it out. Mm-hmm. But, but I think maybe my questions, if I was a little more clear, like, dad, how do I, how do I do this? That, that, that's something that you're like, oh my gosh, I would love to show you. And yeah, it's just, it's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, my big thing is I want to set people up for success the best I can, you know, and I've shared before, you know, I want people to be able to stand on my shoulders or somebody else's shoulders. Doesn't have to be me, but use somebody else's, you know, as a springboard to help get you where you want to be. I've shared this before too, you know, because we didn't, my wife and I, we didn't have a whole lot of money. You know, when we were first married, we went to the justice of the peace and that's, we didn't have a big wedding ceremony because we didn't want to live together before we were married and we didn't have a whole lot of money. So that's what we did, you know, and I've met people over the years. You see all kinds, you know, you see people, that whole saying about people are born on third base and they think they've hit a triple, you know, we, we, 
we had to struggle and fight to get to the point where we're at now, you know, and we didn't have that safety net underneath us. You know, I guess we kind of did. We would be, we'd be imposing on brothers and sisters. We wouldn't, we didn't have the the parental umbrella underneath us, you know? And so we were always really cautious with our decisions and pretty conservative because I, I didn't feel like we could take the risks. You know, I had a family to think of. And so I, I always tried to think of them first, you know, a family and a wife and my wife stayed home for, the number of years when our kids were little because we and we made the sacrifice it wasn't like you know we had the nicest cars but we felt like that was important so so we did that but anyway I, it's just interesting because as you you know you march through life and I remember this even from high school I remember some kid saying something about me and it was like you know you don't know how good you have it you know I'm doing the best I can I was on the football team and I can't remember what he said he just said some stupid comment that was like man, you got a, you got a home to go to. I'm living with my brother, you know, I'm just doing the best that I can trying to, I, I, I really can't remember what it was, but it still sticks to me that sticks with me to this day that I was like, boy, it's so easy for you in your comfortable home and you've got great parents and you've got all this together to judge me and I'm just doing the best that I can. So it's interesting. Cause I think I was, as an adult and I, I share this in the book too, of my daughter going to school and there was somebody bullying her and I tried to help I always try to help my kids think, okay, you know, there's probably more to it. He's probably got something going on at home. He's getting bullied at home or he's got something else, you know? And so I tried to, tried to help her with that, but then, she, you know, we kind of all just determined he, he's just kind of a bully, <laughs> you know, it was tough to, but I, I think it is still important to this day to, you know, maybe, maybe you don't know as much as you think, you know, because people, you know, everybody's going through something, you yeah. know, and so to have compassion on people and not be so quick it's easier it's easy to say that and it's hard it's even hard for me to do that I'm like oh you know oh, oh yeah why'd you say that you know i want to fight back too but if we can stop it and allow ourselves to maybe give that person a little bit of, of a break and ask them hey what's going on are you all right you know yeah i i 100 with you i think there's there's always a reason why even even for the kids who have everything going for them and then not understanding the kid next to them may have a completely different experience, have no yeah. home life to go home to. Not even, it's kind of like the, the latchkey kid like situation where you just have no idea what people are going through. And I, I wonder, because I think some, sometimes that can become your identity, that it's like a scarcity mentality where, where you just identify as like, man, I... I don't have any support. I don't have anyone that cares for me. I don't, I don't have value. I don't, I mean, it leads to depression. And when you think about your situation for too long and you ingrain yourself in this deficit mentality, rather than focusing on what you do have, what, what assets do I have in front of me? What knowledge like is available to me? Who, who do I know? All of, all of those things. I, I imagine you probably went, through that process of moving from looking at your life based off of all of your, all of the things that don't make sense and aren't right to recognizing the blessings in your life and your gratefulness for what you did have. What did that transition look like for you? Was there a transition or were you just a super happy kid? No, there was definitely a transition. And yeah, I keep referring to my book, but the reality, and it's funny because I, you know, I even talk to family members and they'll ask me how things are going because obviously my life has changed and I'm trying to navigate it and stuff, but they'll ask me questions. I'm like, well, in my book, well, but the reality <laughs> is my book and it's You, you make personal. your family members read your book. You're like, hey, just, just look at page 12. That's, that one's about you, Mike. <laughs> that answer. 
<laughs> but it is pretty personal. You know, my, my book is pretty personal. So I, I kind of always refer to a, to a lot of things. And I, you know, I think my faith is huge. You know, I know it is because I have an eternal perspective on my life. And so I, I understand that this, you know, this life is temporary. I'm here for a short time. And I think, I think we can, it's easy to lose sight of that where you're, you know, then you see people getting, you know, work done when they're 80 to try to, you know, fix this body up. And, you know, I look at myself in the mirror and I go, man, I'm getting old. You know, I used to be a, pretty, a decent looking guy when I was younger. And it's like, man, got no hair, you know, everything. I got hair growing where I don't want it to grow. And yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's pretty strange. And it happens so fast, you know, and I, I, I tried to share that on one of my videos about, you know, thinking long-term because boy, you know, I, and I shared that, you know, I was 14 for a time. And if you're in that predicament and you are 14, it can seem like, oh, you know, what, what is, what's happened? But then I was 18 and then I was 25 and then I was 35, you know, and then I'm mid fifties. It, it happens so quick. Yeah. Cause I, I think there's times where we can get in our heads and just think this is forever i can't get out of this and as i've navigated life up to this point i've you know and i've been in sales too so there's months where it's amazing and there's months where it's oh what are we gonna do honey and so navigating that too has been you know but over time the lord's been faithful and we come out the other side and okay now you know then you're on to the next problem but it is interesting to to grow old and kind of and then you have you can look in the rearview mirror and refer to times where man you thought that everything was coming in on you and then look what came out of that it was an amazing thing that that sprouted from it yeah i i think that it's it's interesting to see the the go between of our experience so your your experience obviously clarifies a desire to be there for your children to leave a legacy, but then also, I think leave, leaving a legacy, but then also recognizing that oh gosh, what was I going to say? It's like your the unpredictability of life is teaching you to be a learner, and so even dis, even despite like having that experience, those challenges, life in itself is this unpredictable maze that we're all walking through and we're making plans and we have ideas of where this thing's headed, but really none of us, none of us know what's going to happen. Like I think plans are really just guesses, but we're saying they're plans because it makes us feel like better about it. And, and like you, I mean, I'm not saying anything about your hair, but just that like you being in your fifties, you've walked through many seasons of unpredictable challenges and trials and that, that creates in you the patience and the willingness to to help others through through their unpredictable life challenges and circumstances that maybe just l- knowing one skill could break the mold and break you out of this cycle of feeling like you're not enough or you don't have what it takes or you could never do that and clearly we're living in a world where we're asking other people to do everything for us like okay can you drive my food over here can you make my food and then like all of that stuff, it's like we're we are outsourcing our entire unpredictable life to other people to deal with, and I I just think that it's it's really cool to to recognize that just looking at your own life. I don't know what my question is, but that that's just in my head. <laughs> I'll make a comment on that then. I you know I share in the book too about you know my wife and I went to Rome in 2019 and again, it kind of solidified even more so, you know, Rome was an amazing place that one, it's still amazing, you know, if you happen to have the opportunity to go there, you know, it was 
amazing to go there. But you, you know, you see the Colosseum and you see all these different ruins that are left over. And this place was, you know, ruled the ancient world. And now all that's left is statues of these rulers that were pretty ruthless at different times. And, and so that was a period of time where under Nero, you know, things were horrible for Christians. And, but it was a temporary time. And then Nero's gone and all that's left is a statue that's crumbling, you know. So it really sparked in me again, even more so that, you know, what, what is my legacy going to be? What do I, you know, now that my, our kids, I got to always bring my wife into this. Now that our kids are grown, what? what does my life look like? Do am I just going to travel around and then I'm going to die? You know, is that not to be, you know, morbid, but there, that is kind of the reality. You know, you, we all yearn to retire, you know, get, oh, let's get to retirement. Then I'm going to do all this stuff. And our big goal was the reason we went to Italy already was because we didn't want to wait till we retire. We wanted to, okay, our kids are through college without debt. No, let's start traveling now. And so we don't wait until what something that might not even happen. You're not guaranteed tomorrow, you know? So let's, start knocking out some of these trips but yeah right, honestly I was thinking okay well you know I, I I'm happy with you know and grandkids maybe someday might happen you know if that happens and that that's something I could pour into but I honestly was a little lost wondering you know what Lord what would you have me to do with the rest of my life and so I I feel so humbled and honored and blessed all of the above that I'm getting this platform and getting this opportunity to pass along something that might help Somebody, you know, I, I've shared this on many interviews. I honestly thought it'd, I'd maybe help 30 or 40 people. I had no idea it would resonate like it has. And so I'm just trying to be faithful to that, to the platform I've been given. And, you know, we want to help anybody and everybody that needs help. And then also try to encourage dads to hang in there because, you know, if, if things are tough, you know, you know, men are visually stimulated or, or what have you. And we run after shiny things, you know, and then I shared that, in, you know, to, for lack, you can use your imagination what those shiny things are, but. <laughs> oh, I know what true. they are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I had somebody make the comment, dad, just come out and say it. And I was like, well, you know, uh, I have young kids watching. And so I don't, you know, you, you can fill in the blank. You're smart enough to figure out what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. And it also can apply to other things too, you know, besides, Anyway, so yeah, so if I can encourage dads to hang in there too and understand, and if, that, if even if I help one to yeah. think, think a little longer about that decision that you're, you know, I've had it, I'm out of here. And if you leave, there's ripple effects. Somebody's picking up your garbage, you know, behind you. So please, you know, slow it down and, and think long and hard and think long-term because again, it's temporary. You might be in a situation where it's like, oh, this seems so hard and easy way for me to just get in my car and drive and don't come back. I'm going to get the milk. You know, people comment on my channel. Oh, my dad went and got the milk and never came back. But the sad thing is, it, you know, it's true in some cases where guys just went out to get a smoke, you know, get a pack of smokes and never came back. Well, that, it isn't that easy because when you do that, there's somebody left in the wake that's wow. having to, having to figure it out. And so the best, I think the best I can do is try to, you know, encourage those people also, try to empower anybody and everybody to, you know, maybe break it down. I shared this recently too. You know, we all know the people that, you know, can I get some help? Yeah. They come over. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's how you do it. Well, I, you know, I didn't learn anything. You just kind of did it. So I try to break my stuff down in bite-sized chunks where it's like, okay, you know, we kind of move slowly through it so that you can, I want you to learn, you know, I don't, I don't want to show off my skills because they're lacking anyway, but I, I want you to, you know, I want you to, to be empowered to take this information and maybe you learn how to do that. And then maybe you end up becoming a plumber. So it's like, oh, okay. 
wasn't as difficult as I thought, you know, let's just start by removing the back of the, you know, of the toilet, <laughs> you know, the lid on the back of the toilet, just see what's in there. You know, I think people are, a lot of people are so intimidated, like the story you were sharing about the cleaning the corrosion. It's kind of true. They just like, oh, I, I could never do that. Well, why can't you? You can at least look at it. You know, that's not, you're not going to hurt anything. <laughs> right. And then if yeah. you're cleaning it, well, that certainly that can't damage it, can it? So yeah, anything I can do to, to encourage people. Cause I think then out of that will grow the confidence to try other things. So I know it did it work for me, you know, yeah. um, then we did, did tiling, did roofing, did, you know, I've done all kinds of stuff yeah. around the house that I never saw myself doing. Yeah. The rip, the ripple effect isn't just, I learned a skill and now I want to learn another. It's I learned a skill and I gave it away to somebody else. And now they're learning something new and they have ripple effects. Yeah. And that's huge. I, I love yeah. the principle you just shared of the speed at which you are telling someone how to do something matters, that it's not just, we make it as streamlined or efficient. It's like, I, I heard a, a minister tell me once, he said that in his work, he works in, in Iraq and he helps people who are rebuilding from, I mean, the Syrian refugee crisis, ISIS taking taking families, buildings, whole cities out. And he's saying that, he says, like, there's an inverse correlation between effectiveness and efficiency, and that really taking their time to get to know people, get to know their story, and help them rebuild isn't just showing up with cement trucks and building a new house and just throwing things up and doing everything for people, but actually teaching them, showing them, and loving them. Like, so yeah. talk more about that speed. Like, how did you learn what speed to go at? Do you just recognize like, oh, they're not picking up what I'm telling them right now? <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, you know, I, I've raised, so I, I got to be careful acting like I'm more qualified than I am. I've, I've raised two kids. So that's, that's, what, that's my, that's my education, you know, and, and you kind of learn that, okay, he didn't pick that up. I got to have to break it down even further and the nice thing about a video is you can replay it right okay i didn't quite catch what he said i can replay it but i do try to make it as you know break it down to where you feel like you can do it and baby steps are always have always been a huge thing i share that in my book about i remember when i played football and we were supposed to have to run three miles you know like oh man i i'm not a runner you know i, I run just because i have to you know if you're gonna play sports you have to run but i've never been somebody i'm gonna go for a run you know that's never excited me and so I broke it down to, okay, I'm going to go run one lap today. And then tomorrow I'm going to run another lap. And then pretty soon I was able to run three miles because I broke it down into baby steps. And I think that's important. Also, you know, when you're working on something, don't bite off more than you can chew, <laughs> you know, just do this little bit. And then to this point, can I put it back together still? I'm at this point, you know, and yeah, I can still put it back together. Okay. Maybe I can go a little bit deeper. <laughs> so you just got, you don't want to get yourself in over your head because we all hear stories about that, you know, where people get in themselves over their over their head and then now what okay now i'm gonna call a plumber to fit, put everything back together and, you know dude you're resurfacing a a time me and my mentee his name is zamari we at my church there was this old lady whose husband had had a stroke and she i mean we went and met with her comforted her but honestly the main thing in her head which is hilarious she was like who's gonna build my shed now like and Obviously, I think part of that was just her disassociating from the the trauma of the moment. But I was like, I'll I'll help with that. Like I was trying to alleviate this pain that she had. So me and Zamari went over to her house maybe three months later, and the the husband he was recovering well and he's doing well to this day, which is awesome. Praise God. But me and Zamari like are looking at this shed that she wants us to build, which is really a rebuild. It's not just from scratch. It's like this thing is 
just destroyed like worms and I don't know termites and all that stuff. And so we like, start knocking out walls, knocking out two by fours and all this stuff. And we start recognizing, whoa, this the roof is like tilting and we're like i think we removed way too much from this thing like it's about to fall so zamari's like holding on to one side of it and he's like oh like put that board back like we're like trying to put boards back on and i was just like we just almost completely destroyed this lady's shed and we're trying to alleviate stress and probably created more for it so that's a story of biting off more than you could chew but me and zamari look back at that failure all the time and we're like remember that one time we tried to help that old lady and we totally screwed it like those failures are kind of fun too like they you grow closer together i don't i don't know if you have any fail stories where you were trying to teach someone how to do something or be kind and you just totally bit off more than you could chew so no i've done it perfect every time (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i can't think of anything in particular but i was sharing this with my daughter you know i well i mean i know one thing as far as a business venture my wife and i uh, were looking at different ways and there was an opportunity to do a vending machine business on the side and typical typical it was a lot more work than we had anticipated and it turned into this thing. But I'll tell you what, by doing that is like, okay, now we at least know how to run a business and let's do something else. And we've gotten into screen printing. So, you know, we screen printing, I have a screen printer in my garage. And so that's kind of a side hustle that we have that's brought us some extra income too. But I think, again, it's one of those things where, you know, if you just sit there and, you know, analysis paralysis, if you just sit there and think, oh, someday, you know, oh, I'll, I'll do that someday. And I actually share that in my book. I, I have a chapter on, yeah, jumping in the pool. I won't tell the whole story, but my brother, yeah, one of my brothers didn't hesitate to jump in. And we were, me and my other brother were kind of hesitant. And it, it's the point of, hey, you know, sometimes you got to throw caution to the wind a little bit and actually do it, you know, uh, otherwise you're going to regret it later. Ah, I wish I would have done that. Well, and then also kind of weigh in, what's the worst that could happen if I did this, you know, again, if you, we had to be a little more cautious because we didn't have a net underneath us. And so we tried to, you know, be do calculated risks where you, you know, you don't want to just go, ah, oh, just quit my job. Cause I always wanted to be a painter. Well, do you know how to paint? You know, I mean, so I think you just got to be, be smart about um, what you do, but you also got to, when the time's right, jump, you know, go ahead and jump in and, yeah. and let it ride, see what happens, you know? Come on. Well, I, I clearly am excited about your book and getting to hear all these stories. I have two, two guys, like two dads, two mentors that are in my head right now. And I, I'd love for you to give them a reason to read your book. The first, the first guy maybe is a, a guy who's raised kids. Who, he's an empty nester and he is feeling that, that urge to have purpose in giving away everything he's learned. And then the second, the second dad mentor is the guy who thinks he doesn't know how to give something. He's the guy asking the question, dad, how do I, he's the guy on your YouTube channel that's saying, teach me how to do this so I could give it away. He wants to teach someone, but he hasn't even been taught himself. Why should those two guys pick up your book? Yeah, I think the the first one would hopefully, you know, the the person that was in the situation that I was in, hopefully it would encourage them to understand that, you know, to look for ways that you can, yeah, you can be a mentor to somebody, give it away, you know, what, what are you going to do with it, you know, otherwise you're going to die with that, I'd rather pour into people, because people last you know they're 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 gonna and that's gonna have ripple effects i've shared this on one of my one of my live videos i i i'm looking forward to 10 years down the road going 
because you, sh you know, through a video screen, I shared some, something that, you know, sparked something in somebody that make them feel like they could do it. And here I am today, I'm a doctor or something, you know, I'm really looking forward to, to hearing those stories. Cause you know, I, I really think it can have ripple effects. And I think so again, as some, if you're in a similar situation where I am, you, your kids are raised and you, you know, just look for opportunities to, you know, I, I, I I brought up the American Pickers in my book, you know, because there's people in that on that show. I love that show. But in that show, you see people that are 95 that are hanging on to that motorcycle that they're going to restore and they can't let it go. It's like, really? You know, you're, you're probably not going to be here much longer. You're probably never going to get to it. So kind of the same thing. What can you pour into? And, and the people, people are the people are what you can pour into. And that could be your legacy rather than fixing up that motorcycle you know that you'll be so proud of that maybe you never get around to and you can start today you know it's pretty easy to to start today and then yeah so for the second one uh second person i would say you know just encourage you that you know you're you're smarter than you probably think you probably have more abilities than you think and just yeah get give things a try and again be smart you know take calculated risks so that you're not in over your head but start doing small things and then you know you'll be able to figure it out and try to find somebody people it's, i've found people that are good at things and are successful will be happy to talk to you about it you know if you just ask them if you, you know, like my old boss he's since retired but he loved loves real estate and that man would sit down and talk real estate with me for two hours if i wanted to he would, he, he, and he's a wealth of information. So, you know, I, I would try to seek out people that, Hey, you, you know, somebody's got a quality trait that you want to see in your own life, you know, seek those people out and try to, and ask them questions and get them talking and then listen, you know, make sure to listen and be respectful and people will talk and talk and talk. If you show in, <laughs> if you show interest and just keep your mouth shut and take <laughs> notes, you know, <laughs> so. That is Rob Kenny. He leads the YouTube channel, Dad, How Do I? And he also has a book, the same title. It's coming out the week this podcast is coming out. So I'm excited for people to pick that up. If you listen today, please go pick that up wherever books are sold. And Rob, I mean, you are a long-term player in all this. You talk about ripple effects and all this stuff. So way to go getting your face on a book cover, playing the long-term game. You are perpetually going to be that old for the rest of your life for for the eyes of, of human existence do you ever think about like how ancient libraries had books and in a thousand years from now someone's going to pick that up and they're going to see your face it's going to be it's going to be crazy <laughs> well that's good i'm locked in where i'm not you know i haven't got that old yet so maybe <laughs> at least i'm still halfway decent to look at i guess so, yeah and <laughs> so uh, and as far as ordering my book you can go it's dadhowdoiofficial.com if you can go there it'll take the, the to the links where you can you can buy my book i actually have some signed copies and we're trying to promote that because it's through a local i live in this live in the seattle area and queen anne books we're trying to promote them because they've been gracious enough to, to want to run that through them and so anyway yeah so a pop-up will come up at dadhowdoiofficial.com that's awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. Rob, thank you so much for your time. It's been a blast getting to learn from you. And I'm sure our mentors are going to be blessed listening to this episode. 